Welcome to the Virtual CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping service-based businesses achieve success. Are you a business owner interested in learning how to scale your business? Has your business reached over $1 million in annual revenue? Then this podcast is for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's show. Uh, very excited to bring uh, Tom Barrett back, but this time with a little bit of a change. So uh, last time we had Tom Barrett on, he was uh, talking about the EOS system and has recently made the change to Pinnacle. So we're really excited to bring Tom back and talk about the change, but let, let's just start there. So uh, Tom, how did you come about um, making this making this big switch? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, in terms of doing what I do, helping you know, companies grow, you know, I've always been uh, on the hunt for, you know, the best tools and systems and ideas and constructs that are out there. And so for, you know, part of my journey, that was um, for over three years being uh, in the EOS community, which was a phenomenal experience. Absolutely loved it. Um, and, you know, it, it continues to be a great system. But about a year and a half ago, they had a business model change. They went from a uh, a membership agreement with their implementers to a franchise agreement and it just wasn't for me uh that that model so um yeah so i you know i left the eos community and and now i'm part of pinnacle great so, so that's kind a, of give us a background for those that didn't see the first uh the first podcast tell us a little bit about yourself and you know what, what your background is where you came from and and you know kind of progress all the way through eos to the pinnacle right, right now yeah so well rewinding the tape Back about seven years, uh, my wife, uh, Tracy, uh, and myself, we started Navigate the Journey. So Tracy's pretty well known and uh, much of the agency world as well. And so, yeah, so, I mean, Navigate the Journey, we basically help, um, you know, companies in three areas. Uh, one is to plan their life. Um, so that's a process we have. Second is grow their teams, uh, team health, uh, human resources, uh, those kinds of things. And then the Third bucket is the one that I focus on, and that's really growing and scaling uh, their business. And so, yeah, over those seven years, we've used a number of different processes and tools and approaches. Um, and so, and then, yeah, we've worked a lot with agencies. So, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's just been a journey, and you know, it continues to uh, evolve uh, as we'll talk about here today. But again, for us, though, it's always about being open-minded. To what, what will work best and also having the experience of what doesn't work makes us continually sort of tweak uh, our approach so that, again, we're being highly effective. Okay, so if, I, if I'm an agency, I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm like, hmm, an operating system. I've always wanted a business operating system, a business system to really help us go. Um, why would I consider Pinnacle? What's the, um, the best path there? Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, so here I'm, I'm going to take a kind of a bigger step back. So I think in this whole, like, you know, if, if you're an agency considering, you know, what operating system or what whole approach do we take to sort of working on the agency? Uh, well, it kind of a really brief history, I think, to work us talking about, because there's lots of great concepts from, you know, the, the main operating systems out there. So it all goes back to Michael Gerber, I think, in the E-Myth. Uh, and, you know, he, there's a whole classic series of books there, but, you know, he's got some very helpful thoughts. I think that all um, all agencies, again, thinking about an operating system, like you got to got to discern, uh, you know, the things that are really key from his whole methodology, especially around, you know, are you an entrepreneur, a manager or a technician? Uh, and he's also got some really good things on process and you know, having a turnkey kind of franchise approach to your business. Uh, then next uh, was the great game of business, Jack Stack took over a failing manufacturing company and just turned it around financially, but really kind of pioneered open book management and getting everybody, uh, including you know people working on the shop floor, really understanding how they could actually 
uh, influence profit. And of course, they had a big profit share uh, pool and all that. And that whole great game of business, again, is another great one to discern, you know, what can you learn from that, getting everybody rowing truly in the same direction. Uh, then Vern Harnish came along in the early 90s. Uh, he wrote a book called um, Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. Um, and then a few years later, he wrote Scaling Up about 10 years later, which is kind of up-leveling his ideas in Rockefeller Habits. And then in between those two books, uh, Gino Wickman wrote Traction, of course, where EOS comes from. Uh, and then more recently, then um, Stephen, one of Stephen Covey's sons uh, wrote uh, a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. So, and it has obviously some great nuggets on execution. And probably the other one I'll mention as well, that's pretty popular out there is OKRs, right? Uh, I think OKRs are great for mm -hmm. entrepreneur, uh, enterprise size companies, but I think for smaller businesses, kind of lacks the robustness of uh, some of these other systems. So, so that's kind of the quick history. And I think all, again, everybody should be aware of at least the, the nuggets uh, that are in each of those systems. So where Pinnacle comes along is um, um, our approach is really a best of the best. Uh, you know, we look at all those uh, different systems. They all have something to teach us. And we, we know where the source code is, right? There's really nothing new under the sun, right? These are all uh, timeless concepts, universal principles that work uh, in businesses across the board. And so in Pinnacle, what we've done is we've taken this best of uh, the best approach uh, and created a model uh, with very specific tools and a process that's really going to combine the best of those systems, but also we keep adding uh, to the Pinnacle um, model and, and tools. We have a concept called the endless toolbox. And I think we're up to like 70 or so tools now. And we just keep adding them um, every quarter. So yeah, that's kind of the, the brief history and, and how Pinnacle came about. You, you mentioned tools. What is a tool? We're not talking about a hammer and nail. We're talking yeah. about what? So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, so it's, it's basically kind of like the exercises, uh, well, in part exercises we run companies through. So, you know, so I guess, you know, a tool because it has core values, right? So you, you know, you uh, companies should have core values. So, you know, we have tools that will help them get there uh, or even your know, rocks as well. So just very tangible, um, yeah, uh, artifacts, you know, things you need to figure out to, to run a better business. And, you know, there, there's another pro, another thing about, you know, tools as well. So in many ways, right, they're me really mental tools, mental constructs, because, it, you know, one of the probably the greatest untapped thing in businesses is basically people's potential, right? The thinking of individuals, uh, you know, the creativity, the thoughts of, of individuals. But then if you uh, combine an entire team together, unleashing uh, that creativity and potential and the you know, vision and the strategy, to take the business higher. So these tools are basically just constructs for us to lead, lead people through thinking and then discussing to land on, you know, what, what's the best, the right and best answer for us. So, so it's not a one size fits all type of thing. It's figuring the right tool, the right way of presenting it. Yes. So that, that, that's also one of the, the differentiators with uh, Pinnacle as well. So we, um, you know, some, some of the other systems out there take a very kind of rigid and very sequential approach to implementation uh, with a business. But with Pinnacle, we basically come along and just first understand where where's the business at? You know, maybe, uh, you know, you've probably done some uh, or maybe much of this already, this kind of work. So if you if you've got core values, we don't need to redo that. Um, and so, yeah, mm -hmm. so we, we can kind of come in where maybe you're weaker, where you have the most potential and just sort of start there. So, so I'm, I'm happy to say, I'll go, I'll go here, I'm going to cut in, Jody. So yeah, I'm happy to say that, um, 
you know, you mentioned all those books. And one of the things that we've added to our training program is when people first start, we have them going through books. And we have three of those books that you mentioned as part of our training program, plus the Pinnacle book. So we are, we're, doing, we're doing pretty good there in terms of uh, the, where we're starting. But my, my follow-up question here is, is um, you know, I've, I, I love when you come on and I love talking to you about some of the stories you have from doing implementations. Can you tell us, um, now that you're doing Pinnacle, a story from a recent implementation or a recent um, meeting you've had with a company that uh, just that really will um, hit the spot with another company that might be considering you? Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I probably think of a few. So, well, maybe maybe the, the best category is sort of like taking clients that I had for quite a while, uh, you know, one system and then converting them over to Pinnacle and sort of you know, them getting to experience, you know, everything that was really very similar, but then getting to experience, okay, what, what's new and extra and sort of the the place where I've been able to like uh, go deeper on is, is sort of true strategy. Um, and so, you know, strategy is kind of a very squishy word, but I think it's all about being unique and valuable in the marketplace. And so that's something that a lot of my clients had just not really done deep thinking on. And so uh, we've got two different tools uh, for this, our constructs, right? So one is uh, Jim Collins's uh, flywheel. Uh, so if you've read good, you know, good to great, uh, right. That, that's one of his findings there, basically businesses that could, you know, kind of graphically illustrate usually like five or six key, um, activities, um, that, that would make the business turn, spin like a flywheel to like grow and scale profitably. And so that's been, uh, again, for clients I've had for, you know, two, three plus years, actually, uh, like they've had some of the biggest insights they ever have by actually truly clarifying what their flywheel is. And of course, once you do that, you know, you can then rate, okay, you know, how are we doing with each of these circles, these activities today? And of course, uh, that becomes, uh, you know, um, obviously then, you know, annual goals and rocks um, and how, how do you improve the financial performance, right? By improving uh, various parts of that. So that that's the hedgehog concept. Another one that I've had a lot of success with um, is um, something called the one phrase strategy and differentiating activities. So, so this again is another you know, strategy tool. So an example uh, or one that everybody would know about is uh, Southwest Airlines. So most successful um, you know, airline ever um, um, you know, in all kinds of ways, including financially. And so if you boil down their strategy, how they're unique and valuable, you can boil it down to two words. Uh, it's wheels up, right? It's all about asset utilization. Uh, right, flying those airplanes um, as 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 much as possible in a given day, and flying them more than their competitors. And then, what are their differentiating activities? Right, the differentiating activities make the one phrase strategy come to life. So for Southwest, fly one type of airplane, you know, flying to secondary airports, you know, even their boarding process, things like that. Right. So so I'll give that example to a client. Then it's like, all right, we got to figure out what is our one phrase strategy and what are our differentiating activities. And again. Typically, clients have never thought that way, never had the conversations. And then, of course, when they land on uh, their answers, again, it's kind of really uh, eye-opening. And, and, of course, you can then start to go back and go, okay, well, uh, what, what KPIs do we need to start tracking? Again, annual goals, rocks, change in process, change in who we're selling to. So, yeah, so I've had a, a lot of success with those two tools in particular. Is that something you'd spend like hours on or days on? Or I mean, how would you, I mean, what, what, what would a typical engagement kind of look yeah. like? Yeah. Well, yeah, no. So they're really, I mean, hour, hour two, you can make a lot of progress in both uh, with the, um, the flywheel. The, Jim Collins has this little book. It's like a 30, 40 page book. I have teams read ahead of time and it gives them examples and it kind of just explains the concepts more. So they kind of 
walk in kind of knowing it. And then I walk them through just a series of questions and exercises. And then I have each person create what they think uh, the flywheel is. And then we look at each person's and then we land on one together. And we can typically do that in you know 90 minutes on average and get, you know, stick the landing first time, get it 80, 90% of the way there. And then with the one phrase strategy, differentiating activities, kind of similar. Um, it's kind of one of those things, you know, it's just, you, you know, teams are being, you know, open and honest and people are just throwing out ideas and, you know, let the best idea win. You know, there's only so many potential ideas ultimately. So again, probably like 90 minutes, give or take, you can, you can get there. But, but it's also helpful when you've done other things, right? The other parts, the other tools, right? Uh, that, that Pinnacle brings, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be able to probably get there faster if, if you've got the, the organizational clarity, um, you know, uh, in other ways. So you mentioned so you, um, for the for the first one that they did a little bit of homework ahead of time. Is that pretty typical that they have to do a little bit of work going into it? And then the follow up question to that is, what would you say is is key to having a successful event with you? Yeah. Um, so generally, I, I actually don't like assigning too much homework. Uh, it it sort of depends. Um, there there's some very specific tools, especially the the flywheel, where I think it is helpful. Um, um, that that's probably more exceptional because. Uh, uh, yeah, I, but what I typically like to do is just show up, um, have a full day session with a client, you know, where they're shut, shutting off their connection to the outside world um, and just really doing a deep dive on the business. And um, and so uh, we just do it all in the room. Right. And that's part of having me there as an outside facilitator and teacher. Um, but in terms of what to have a successful engagement, I think for me, I've gotten to a place where I really will only work with a client if they're willing to commit to, you know, uh, at least one day a quarter, uh, and at least for two years. So because figuring out all these kinds of things, you know, it is a process, right? Uh, and, you know, there's always a next level. And then these different sort of tools and constructs, they all sort of build upon each other. And, you know, so it's not like you can kind of come in in like two or three intense days, figure it all out, and and, and the client's good. Uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really at a place where it's typically like 24 months commitment, uh, to, to really get them to the place where they need to be. Yeah. I, I like, I like your approach a lot because we had a consultant, this has been geez, 15 years ago or so, uh, that we, uh, we had, uh, we came in the office and, uh, was there for three days, went through a bunch of stuff with us and we we're really pumped, excited. This is the greatest thing ever. And then that person left and then it was like, <laughs> it was like back to normal, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't last. It lasted maybe just a, a month, maybe. And it kind of just dwindled down to nothing. Uh, whereas your approach isn't, isn't like that at all. Your, your approach is, you know, Hey, I'm going to pound it in for, you know, for a, a two or three day, uh, you know, course, but then we're going to follow up and meet quarterly for the next two years, I think is, I think is by far the better, better approach there. Yeah. And you know, kind of truth be told, uh, and I've seen this, you know, what a lot of clients is that when I first start working with them, you know, team health is not where it needs to be. So their ability to actually get in a room and have a highly productive full day together uh, is, is typically not there. They actually have to learn how to do, um, you know, this, this really this different kind of thinking and discussing and making decisions together because they're also making, you know, typically bigger decisions about the business, right? What is our vision, our strategy, our plan, what, who's our core customer, all those kinds of things. And so even often the early phase is just sort of getting the team health uh, to be where it ne needs to be. Um, 
some of the other things too that I find early on is that uh, it's really easy to set goals and rocks, right? Uh, anybody can do that, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a whole other thing to actually accomplish them. So typically the first few quarters, the, uh, the, uh, the goal completion, the rock completion is not great. Uh, sometimes it's horrendous. Uh, and it's a little bit of like, yeah, and that's okay. And that's often the best thing that can happen uh, because then, because every time in a, in a quarterly, I'm always doing, okay, lessons learned. If, even if you hit all your rocks, well, maybe the rocks were too, they were too, they were not ambitious enough, right? We should have stretched ourselves more or we didn't hit any of them. So did we pick the wrong rocks? It was just how we executed on them. And so you, you need to, like experience is the best teacher and you sort of have to get into all these things uh, to actually yeah, learn. And we, I think we all learn best by our mistakes. Uh, actually, not by just, you know, going six for six on whatever all the time. So you, you mentioned that the team health, I think that that's really important. And that's often where I will per, try to bring you in is when I, I'm working with a client, and it just seems like they're not on the same page. Um, so that's often where I bring you in. So I'm curious, I would say, not all team health issues are fixable. So I'm curious about how often you see it as, you know, that those conversations get to that point where it's hard. Um, Cause again, if, you know, if Jody and I are working in a meeting together and he's dead set on selling coffee and I'm like, I don't think a CPA firm should ever sell coffee. And like, that's something you might not ever get us on the same page on. So how do you, um, how do you uh, work in those difficult situations and how often does it come to that place? Yeah. So, well, Jamie, well, so to quote you, uh, some team health uh, issues are not fixable. So, so, well, Jim Collins, right, has got the classic quote, right? You got to get the right people on the bus, the right people in the right seats and the wrong people off the bus. So, so I mean, you just, so that, and that, that of course is one of the things that, you know, actually I do in day one with all clients is help them figure out, do we have, have the right people uh, who are wrong people, uh, right? And what do we need to do? So you think you have to rip the bandaid off there first um, and, and, you know, all the consultants and all the books and all the whatever workshops in the world is not going to fix wrong people issues. And I, I tell clients that all the time. You know, I'm not a miracle worker. Nobody is. So we might as well just put thing, you know, put certain categories of people in that that bucket. But but here's the thing. Uh, most of us, but mo uh, most people then I would say are, are a right person. Uh, but there's always a better version of us individually and definitely a better version of the team. And that's where all of the, the team health uh, tools um, and workshops and emphasis on it will pay dividends because both, you know, one-on-one -on -one between certain people and then as a, you know, leadership team or a departmental team for them to work through, say something like, you know, the classic one is Patrick Lencioni's the five dysfunctions of a team. Like that's one that, you know, whoever's listening to this, if you've never done this with your team, you know, buy, buy his book, you can, uh, there's lots of stuff out there about how you can do it. And it's, you know, it's all about trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, and results. And like to start there and you're going to get a ton of value out of just having those discussions with your team. Do you ever get to a point where it's the partners that are the, are the issues and not maybe the management? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, their whole, right. You know, everything flows down, right. From, you know, the, yeah, the, the ownership. And so, yes, so often, yeah, I do have to have like some offline conversations with the ownership about things. And because, you know, everybody else, everybody else is noticing, right? Um, you know, whatever those partner issues, uh, um, maybe while they may not be explicitly being talked about, you know, you know, uh, people are pretty insightful. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's part of the reason to bring in somebody like me, right? We were kind of that outside objective set of eyes because, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, ultimately I... I 
I have no problem telling clients really hard things because I, I know they need to hear it. Uh, and, and yeah, it is, uh, you know, I've had a, in a, number, a number of clients who have had, you know, you know, partners leave and things like that, but that's all for the best, right? Those, um, you know, those partners have to leave, you know, this, that, that company, you know, they had either outgrown them or, you know, they, they no longer believe in the direction. So, you know, they weren't in their best place. So, you know, they need to, you know, go off and do something that, you know, matches what their, their talents and their passion. So, so you've had, you've had clients bring you in to, to help you solve the problem and find out that that person is the problem. Well, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, you know, well, people are, well, our clients are always bringing me to help them right, run a better business. Right. So in some ways it's mm-hmm. kind of the, the, uh, you know, it, it's really about the business. And so, yeah, partners can come and go um, or, you know, any, any key role. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe it's not, it could be like a non-owner who's another key leader in the business. That could be the, the person mm-hmm. holding it back. Uh, but, you know, there's some, oftentimes there's a lot of fear because that person, you know, they have history, they have knowledge, uh, you know, that if, if, if they walk out the door, there'll be a big hole. But, but again, they, they can be mm-hmm. often causing more damage maybe because of the way they're treating their employees or something like that, or just the vibe they give off or that they don't believe in where the owners want to take the business. They want to maybe keep it a certain size and be comfortable in their position. And, and most of the time it's, it's a hundred percent perfect in both, in both scenarios. When a partner leaves, the partner is probably feeling like they're not, they don't belong or they don't, you know, they're in a different zone or a different path. And I think it might be more of an excuse, you know, Hey, someone finally told me outside that what I'm feeling is correct and I'm okay feeling that way. But, it, but the, company itself might have to miss me yeah and you know i think that's one of the things that um again you know for your audience right for um you know agencies kind of the different you know uh levels that they're going to go through uh you know there's sort of that you know early on in an agency you know often uh the owners are sort of like the maybe the two or three or however many people initially who are around and start and they all you know one was a developer one was a designer one was good at business operations it's like all right let's form a business mm-hmm. and that's great but it'll probably get you to a certain level and then some people right they they just can't keep growing uh with with the business and they they become actually the lid on growth and and then if also the whole you know businesses uh you know entrepreneurial businesses another thing that can happen is kind of confusing ownership with leadership right so you know technically uh, uh and and it should be the case and i'll often tell this to clients as well up front that you can be fired from your w-2 job even though you're an owner <laughs> that does not guarantee you right w-2 employment right uh and, and right. i've had you know some owners like push back but it's like uh, i i know that's hard to hear but that is a true statement uh, you so and and so if you're an owner who's really um kind of laying down that card that I'm, that I'm an owner. So I should stay, you know, head of whatever X, Y, or Z. And everybody else is looking at you like you're, you're the person that's holding the business back. Well, you're, 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 uh, you're devaluing your ownership in the business. And again, you're, you're not flourishing or you're not letting your team flourish because you're just not willing to let go. So, you know, do you, so if you were head of development, is it that you need to like, just go be a developer and let somebody else, and, and you probably could flourish there and let somebody else lead development and, and just remain an owner, but just don't, don't be a leader. Yeah. I think when, when you had come in and helped, uh, help someone out, whether it was like five, six years ago, whenever it was, 
Um, the, the one, the one tool that kind of relates to this the most that I, I really like and took a lot back and I'd say Adam, Adam as well was the accountability chart. Um, yeah. not an organizational chart, but an accountability chart. And could you kind of explain that? Because it really kind of helped us put each other in the right lanes, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, this is something, uh, in Pinnacle we do on day one. So, um, so we, we've got, a another kind of up-level approach. So what, what, what I do is come in and, and uh, say that, all right, so yeah, we have to define organization. You know, what's our structure, kind of big picture, uh, and then we're going to you know, drill down and create seats and roles, responsibilities for people. But, but we start with uh, uh, every business has three big functions, get work, do work, and get paid. And so, so we start saying, okay, well, to get work, what are the functions that we need? Okay clarify that, then go on to, okay, do work. What are, what are those functions that we need? And again, we, we say, forget about current people and current titles and all that. you got to like presume you all win the lottery. And if new people came into the business, you know, uh, to kind of open up their mindset. So, so yeah. So once we sort of identify something like, with, so it's like, okay, well, we need a, we need a marketing function separate from sales. It's because often, right. They're combined. There's, there's different ways you can do it depending on the kind of business. So it's like, okay, we need a, marketing function. Okay. So who's okay. We need to build the seat then for the person that's going to lead marketing. So we do that and, you know, building a seat. Um, so on pinnacle, our approach is for leaders, leadership seats. We, we say there's a few common ones first coach, mentor, man, coach, mentor, and manage, right. All the people, um, issues, uh, leader needs. Second is own the process. So if you're the leader of marketing, you got to own the marketing process. And then the third is, just simply the marketing goals, KPIs, right? You own those. So no, no surprise there, but those are three bullet points. Again, if somebody listening and doing an accountability chart, put those three in. And then we come up with maybe two to three more very specific, unique, say, to the marketing leader. Okay, what are they responsible for? What are the outcomes that they need to deliver to the business to be successful? And then two other things uh, we list as well in the seats. Uh, one is just KPIs. So on a weekly or monthly basis, what are one to three um, essential KPIs that that person has to deliver on? And then the other one actually as well is that actually list out the meetings that they're in. Um, that's also a very helpful thing in building out the seats. So so we just, so that, that was the marketing leader. So you have for all the leaders and then you just start building out the seats below, right? So for the marketing team, who, you know, what other seats are needed. Oftentimes, you know, that could be an outsourced, um, you know, uh, resource, but even if they're using say an outside marketing agency, well, still build a seat for that, that, that vendor, right. Because they need to deliver. Right. And then if you ever get to the point where you're going to hire for that position and no longer use the outside um, resource, you'll have the seat already built or you kind of know what that looks like. So that that's, that's that's how we build the accountability chart or functional accountability charts, um, and then of course we got to put people in there. But yeah, that's that's the building of it. Yeah, yeah, the cool thing about it is you're building the company and putting people in it versus taking the existing people and create a company around it. It's yeah, completely two different two different things. Yeah, and you know one one uh, thing I always say to teams as we're entering into building the functional accountability chart is go back to the Gallup. Q12, you know, it's an employee engagement survey. And the very first question in that survey is, I know what's expected of me at work. So that's, that's one of the things I tell the teams is that, okay, this, the seat we're building, right? Everybody should, everybody in, in the agency should ultimately see the accountability chart and know, of course, what they're uh, responsible for, but also what everybody else uh, is expected to deliver. And when you do build out that accountability chart really well, it helps 
uh, avoid kind of the, you know, the lane violations that often happen, like, you know, two or more people kind of working on the same thing or, you know, two, two people being responsible, but nobody's really responsible. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of benefit. And the other thing, too, about it, if you do the accountability chart really well, is that you can kind of create your current one or maybe the, even the next six months, kind of have some room to grow into it. And then you can create one, say, that's two years out. Because especially, mm -hmm. right, if you've done division work, it's like, hey, we want to be twice the size in three years or whatever. Well, let's let's build that accountability chart and then see how they differ. And that gives you a roadmap of, you know, who you need to hire, how you need to develop people internally, move them around internally, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every time I do that five year approach, when you do that five year approach, it doesn't mean you got to hire those people right now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because you're because some <laughs> it won't let you. Yeah, your your CFO won't let you. So yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, and every time I've been part of the accountability conversation, both at Summit and with my clients, it's been it's been super helpful, both for me as an employee to be like, okay, this is where I where I stand and what my um, KPIs are and what's important for me and what what I really need to do, but also with clients just to see them everybody have direction really helps. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have one final question here for you, Tom, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. But um, you mentioned seventy two. Tools. I imagine you haven't been able to use all of them yet. I know I, I've had a power washer in my garage for like six months that I haven't touched yet. And <laughs> I was pretty excited to actually use it last weekend and clean the garage out. So what is the tool you haven't used yet that you're kind of excited to try out? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, well, so just recently, one of the tools that was added is a tool called psychological safety. Um, and so I think the idea, like, so when I first heard him, like, that sounds great. Uh, and the, the, you know, the pinnacle guy who created it, he basically, he based it off two books that are out there on, um, on psychological safety. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to start using that with clients. Uh, so I'm probably going to use it a lot in their annual session because yeah, we've done things like the five dysfunctions. So the psychological safety concept is very related to it, but it really helps, um, leaders see, okay, am I creating a psychologically safe environment for my team? So that, you know, that they can all be their best and, you know, feel included, feel like they can challenge, right? All those kinds of things. So, yeah, well, well, you, you could be, uh, I could, I could try it out on, on you all. So that's what I was going to say. Be try, yeah, that'd be fine with us. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one for us. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. on this call, but. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't work, but. That'd be an interesting no, that, That's great. Nah, yeah. Def yeah, we could do that another time. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So uh, definitely a great topic and really excited for, um, for this new direction you've gone and I'm really excited about that, but um, any final thoughts? I'll start with you, Tom, and then I'll throw it over to you, Jody. So yeah, final thoughts just yeah, for uh, you know, the audience in terms of, again, you know, business operating systems, you know, check them all out. Um, you know, uh, just be open to which one, you know, uh, is going to be right for you. And also at this stage of your agency, uh, you know, and that, that, you know, whatever business operating system you pick now may not be the same one you need, you know, two, three years from now. Uh, and then I would just say, you know, fully buy in whichever one you land on, you know, fully buy into that and, and lean into the hard parts so that you actually get out of, you know, that system, uh, what's, what's intended, um, from its creation. Great. Jody. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same thing. I mean, when I, Tom mentioned tons of books at when he first, uh, when he first came on there and I've read all those books multiple times and many, many other books multiple times. And it seems like I can get something little out of each book, but really don't buy into the entire process. You know, like, uh, and I won't name names, maybe I, maybe I like the way that this, this book or talks about how to run meetings and how this book talks about how to set goals. And, but, you know, the combination of them, I think what, what is what makes, you know, makes us the way we are. 
And what I liked about what Tom had mentioned is that, you know, that's what he does. He brings in the best of each of those concepts and ideas and, and molds it into the, the business model that you're trying to create. And I think that's important to understand because I, I really truly don't believe one thing fits all when it comes to any kind of process, KPI, you name it. I think you really have to kind of look inside the business and kind of mold it to what the business is looking for and their goals are they're trying to achieve. So uh, I love the concept and uh, been with Pinnacle now since, well, I've been with Tom since for six years or so, uh, probably seven years, oh, a long time. Um, and uh, it, it's been a great success. And, and one of the biggest reasons why we've been so successful is the the kind of the light that uh, his team has shed up shed on us and helped us really grow to where we where again where we're going and we're not done growing you know we've got some really high expectations and uh looking to uh do a five times multiple over the next five years and so that's a, a pretty significant jump and uh it, again something that uh, we couldn't do without tom's help yeah definitely i uh i agree a lot of uh a lot of our knowledge is a combination of what we read and what we do right so you, you know don't want to just read one book and say okay this is what i'm doing 100 percent. you have to make sure you're you're going through and applying different things which is why we did our uh, our training program a big part of it is based on that that knowledge of, of getting knowledge from other people and experts and um will i will note the one book that is in part of our training program that you didn't mention was jody's books so in, in your future podcast hopefully you can you can you can pull those out there because those are all part of our training program as well so make sure that the <laughs> future podcasts those get pulled out to shoot time not our podcast we'll, but we'll do podcasts, so. yeah others yeah <laughs> all right well, well all right thanks, well guys, thank for you joining and this is a great right. episode appreciate you guys all right all right thanks all right. thanks have a good day enjoy this podcast visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving business success we're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry